I'm Abby Schnibby, CEO and co-founder of Plymouth Armor Group, and I'm proud to work in cannabis because every day I know my every action is working to overturn the negative impacts of the war on drugs and empowering women in leadership positions in business. everybody and welcome to the Proud to Work in Cannabis podcast. I'm your host Carson Humiston, the founder and CEO of Vangst. And today I am very excited to have a very special guest with us. Please help me welcome Abby Schnibby. Abby is the co-founder and CEO of Plymouth Armor Group. And actually this is a really exciting intro because Claire Maloney of LeafLink made this connection and said you're two women in the industry that haven't met yet. So this is actually Abby and my first time ever connecting, believe it or not. And Abby, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining me. You bet. I'm so happy to be here. So Abby, let's jump right in. Give us the story. How did you decide to start this company? How did you decide to get into the cannabis industry? Yeah, great question. So I actually have sort of a funky, weird journey to the cannabis industry like the rest of us, right? So I actually came from the nonprofit world working in social equity and DEI work specifically in education across the country. So DEI and social equity work has always been a huge passion of mine and wanting to be a part of a startup first and foremost was also just a, a weird glutton for punishment desire that I always wanted and wanted to get into the cannabis space particularly. One, to continue my social equity work and two, as both a medical patient myself and having many family members who I have seen their lives change because of medical cannabis, I just wanted to be a part of it and part of making the change on so many different levels. So I was originally approached by one of our other co-founders looking for what he calls sort of a Navy SEAL, somebody that can do it all, have a problem and find a solution. And that was me. We hit it off uh, pretty quickly. And from there, we we started Plymouth Armor Group, which is a third-party transporter company here in Massachusetts. So more or less, we do logistics. We move all cannabis cash and all cannabis product itself and are about to be opening our uh, large distribution center out in Central Mass so we can really have the whole supply chain solution for folks. But in the beginning, really, there was no one like us. In Massachusetts or in New England. And we saw that as an opportunity. One of our other co-founders did a lot of work in cannabis security. And he said time and time again, he would sit across the table from folks all over the country and say, what's your plan for cannabis transportation? And he'd often get the deer in the headlights look of, oh, shoot, we never thought of that. And so that sort of started the idea of, gee, that might be the niche that would be perfect for us. Using both his security background and my sort of logistics operations, get things done background together, we launched in fall of 2018. And now we're in three states and opening distribution centers and sky's the limit. So it's been a really exciting four years. So, whoa. So, so, so you and your co-founder decide that you're going to marry these experiences and start a business in, in probably the, one of the hardest sectors of cannabis, right? Moving money. How was the process like of just getting the business off the ground? How, how, like, like take us through idea, light bulb, aha moment to we're transporting cash across the state. Yeah, right. Well, obviously, we could have a whole podcast on finding investment in the cannabis space, but I'll say that was step one, as we know. It was, I'll, I'll be frank, having a white male next to me and doing all of that made it a, a heck of a lot easier. I'm now trying to start another company that I'm on the board of on top of it. That's all women run and owned. And I got to say, the process has not been nearly as, as easy from a funding standpoint. But like I said, whole nother podcast, and we could talk about that piece. But really, first and foremost, it was acquiring trucks, outfitting them in regards to being fully armored. You think of the Loomis Brinks Gardas of the world, but we had to tailor this to cannabis and be far less in your face, right? Very discreet. So it was going to the drawing board of how do we actually create compliant 
trucks that can do this in the most safe and secure way. Second part was certification. So your average cannabis company, state by state, right, has to get their license to transport the product. We also had to get additional licenses to even be cash transporters. Luckily, that process isn't nearly as long and arduous as it is here in Massachusetts for a cannabis license, but still had to get that first and foremost. So we started out with a fleet of, now that fleet has more than quadrupled at this point, but really the hardest part being in little old Massachusetts was getting that initial license, getting the space and finding vehicles in the first place to armor them. From there, it was brand development and reaching out to folks. And the large way that we did that was advocacy on the regulatory side of things. So we were sitting with the cannabis control commissioners and telling them about the risks that we were seeing. At the time in Massachusetts, there were no requirements around transporting cash. We were hearing horror stories of like 21-year-olds in their their parents' Prius transporting a quarter of a million dollars cash that was sitting on the passenger seat, right? Not to mention all the other- Horrifying. Murders. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. And so we were like, we need a solution. We have that solution. Like I said, our other founder has extensive background in security. And so he brought that expertise. I, I brought the, let's figure it out. I want to double click on something before we move on. When you yeah. go to the regulators and you say, based on how this program is set up, you have 21-year-olds driving their mom's Prius- hoarding a quarter million dollars around town we need a solution what do the regulators say to you yeah good good uh good question i mean it's often like doing a little dance around regulators because you also know that they're new to this right we all are it was very early in the industry but ultimately it was an afterthought for them there was so much focus on retail security so much focus on cultivation security so much focus on the product transport itself and no one really thought about the implications of the cash and cash in transit and so i definitely saw eyebrows raise and eyes wide open with a lot of these case studies we were showing from across the country and here in massachusetts and they realized pretty immediately that this was an urgent need, right? And so from both us getting off the ground and doing those same presentations to retailers themselves, and also from the advocacy level, we now in Massachusetts are required to use some form of armored transporter like us so that we can really drive home the public safety of aspect of all of this. And really, I came to it as from the standpoint of saying, listen, I am so passionate about legitimizing this industry. And this is one way that we can for the folks that are naysayers, for the folks that are rooted in the stigma around crime and all of those things. Let's up the ante on how we do cash transport so that everyone feels that much more comfortable and we increase the legitimacy that much more. So, yeah, they were a little baffled, I would say, but we drove home the point and quickly they made moves. And so did we. All right. So the regulators say, whoa, this is a need. You've got your trucks. They're safe. They're ready to go. Now it's time to start reaching out to retailers in cultivation facilities, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you go about that process of of landing the first customers to engage you to transfer the cash? Absolutely. So the first, you know, two or three customers we had were the first adult use retail stores in Massachusetts. And so that was not to say an easy sell, but we were going to those folks knowing that they were going to be the first to open, knowing that they were going to be stockpiling a quarter of a million dollars a day at least. Right. And so to them showing that data and opening up with that, it was a no brainer for them of like, we don't want to be headlines in the Boston Globe day one from some sort of cash related incident. So absolutely we need this service. Now, when that happened, they actually got open before we were fully ready to be operational. So next thing you know, my phone's ringing off the hook saying, how soon are you ready? How soon are you ready? Um, So I had to expedite our whole rollout of our first maiden voyage of transports about 45 days. And we just got things going, going, going so that we could start working with those folks. Now having them as clients at the time was then a huge eye opener for so many retailers and cultivators across the state, right? Of like, okay, they're doing it. We probably should too. But mostly for me, it was your classic networking, showing up, old school sales type things. 
and really painting the picture to folks of like, we are here to protect you. The thing I always say is no one likes logistics. I'm just a weirdo who does. <laughs> it's more headaches than you ever want to deal with. And, and the vast majority of folks, they didn't want this headache on their plate, right? And they wanted that peace of mind knowing that twice, three times a week, the store was going to be cleared out of cash. So that's really how we went about it. And then over the course, really the two years that followed, we were really able to get so many of those wholesale customers because they were already vertically integrated, or we really had that brand recognition and that trust because of our cash services that once we got fully licensed for product, Folks already knew us, knew we were there, and were honestly, once again, calling me saying, how soon can you do my cannabis as well? Because I don't want to buy any trucks. So I love businesses where it just, it's such a no brainer. It solves such a need, right? Like it's like, they're calling you saying, how quickly can, can you get here? The fact that we're even talking about the fact that you have people driving around in unarmored cars, maybe millions of dollars a couple of years ago is just like, so sure. crazy. So I'm so happy that you guys started this company. All right. So, all right. How do you go about finding the drivers, making sure that the drivers are trained in how to manage this amount of cash? Absolutely. So one thing that we are very dedicated to at Plymouth Armor Group is veterans. So we do both hiring and recruitment of veterans, but then also couple that with our equity work in regards to educating veterans on access to medical cannabis and you name it, so many different things. But we primarily hire veterans and in some cases, retired law enforcement because we know they already come with that tactical training and expertise to be able to read situations and know if they're in a bad situation, know how to get out of them. So that was really our recruitment efforts was towards veteran orgs specifically and veteran recruitment organizations, you name it. And then from there, training was in depth and intense and is getting better every year. But like I said, I had that peace of mind of knowing that those folks already came with that expertise. So today we still recruit mostly veterans or folks that are security professionals or retired law enforcement folks that are looking to get in the space. I can't tell you how many folks that work for me have change their minds in regards to cannabis and how they feel about it just from being immersed in, in the industry. And that's also a beautiful thing to see and, and, and a positive impact that I never really thought of would happen as a result of our company. But we're committed to paying a livable wage here in Massachusetts, recruiting vets and, and full benefits. And I find that I have incredible retention because we have folks that are paid well, treated well, know they're valued and want to stay with the company. And I know it's so cheesy and i'm sure some folks listen to this and roll their eyes but like everyone at plymouth armor group believes that we have a pag family like it's so close and even as we grow we still have that culture that i hope we don't lose and i'm going to work so hard to keep as we continue to grow but yeah i think it was all vets first and then from there folks knowing that we were a great place to work i can't get like like i said to you but i have, I have too many applicants at this point so it's a that's good unbelievable and that's it it's that's unbelievable and it's definitely a testament to your leadership because again it, it's very hard to recruit drivers and retain drivers and we see this across not just the cannabis industry but lots of industries so that's unbelievable to hear so if you're listening to this you know anybody that's looking for a better driving job we know exactly where to send them so all right so you, so you get massachusetts up and running and then you decide obviously why stop with massachusetts time to go to more states take us through the process of determining which states to go into next and how you went about the expansion Absolutely. So being in New England, the natural like logistics brain of mine was we can actually use our existing network and infrastructure to support surrounding states. So one of the first states we started actually transporting cannabis itself in was New Hampshire. At the time, we didn't need a license to do that, right? We just needed to agent badge our couriers to be able to do it from different establishments. So 
very early on, we started off with transporting for one MSO in New Hampshire. And at that time, where did that come from? That came from our relationships in Massachusetts, right? Folks calling me and saying, hey, are you operational in this state? Hey, are you operational in this state? And then that, as that kept happening more and more, I was like, we've got to move faster than we thought on multi-state expansion. So New Hampshire was first. And then in Connecticut, very quickly, we were able to service the entire state of Connecticut for those medical dispensaries that were open from our hub in Massachusetts. We were not transporting anything across state lines. I'll reiterate that for all the regulators out there. But, you know, we were able to do any all of our operations within the state and then start and end our day back in Massachusetts. And so the Connecticut was really extension of customers from Massachusetts that were already in Connecticut. Once those Connecticut folks found out that they were, you know, using us and we were doing all sorts of marketing blasts and type of things in Connecticut, then many more retailers in Connecticut came on board. And same thing happened in little old Rhode Island, even though the market's so small, they always make the joke, we have like 80% of the market, but you can pretty much count it on one hand. But still, so the next big goal is New Jersey and New York. New York being a logistics mountain to to tackle, but we're excited about it. And we really know that we're going to be that much more successful in rolling that out in the beginning because of our partnership with LeafLink and shout out to Claire. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the partnership with LeafLink for the audience that doesn't know about the partnership with LeafLink. Yeah. So LeafLink being the B2B wholesale platform, right? It's the software in which they can facilitate all sorts of wholesale purchases as well as wholesale financing and the logistics solution. So on the software, you're able to, as a retailer, buy from a wholesaler and then also schedule the transport. Now, LeafLink cannot do that without a partner that is licensed to transport cannabis in each state. So as they go into new states, into new markets, they do their due diligence on who are the best transporters out there. And ultimately it came down to us, which I was thrilled to hear. And I knew it to be true, but you know, that was biased. So we launched on September 1st of 2021, spent all of last summer really ramping up and onboarding and and, and beginning sales to, to launch on September 1st. And our partnership, really any orders that are placed on LeafLink are moved by Plymouth Armor Group. In addition to that, through both their services that they provide for retail inventory fulfillment, as well as just brand storage and fulfillment distribution, we are able to not only move everything for them, but also through our distribution center that's opening very soon, we'll be able to house any excess product that maybe cultivators have as they're waiting to send to processors or they're uh, just waiting to sell, sell or it's been sold and they're just waiting for the folks to say, hey, this is when we can take it for retailers. And the biggest problem we have here in Massachusetts is vault size. Everybody's vaults is like the size of my closet, which is not big. So we're going to be starting to do retail fulfillment as well, where you're housing most of your inventory for the store with us. And then we pick and pack based on what you need. And then lastly, for brands as well, we're keeping some of these big brands that are national brands that need a huge amount of space for their products and distribution center. Like I said, whether it's sold or not, we can hold it until it's ready to go. So really that has always been a vision of what I wanted Plymouth Armor Group to do and what the next step was. And LeafLink has helped just like catalyze that so much faster and to have such a strong team of of really great folks from all over the country. I don't need to reinvent the wheel, really, is the bottom line. I spent many hours thinking about how I was going to develop some sort of software platform, and then I realized, why am I doing this? It already exists, and I can just make a strong partnership with somebody. Yes, and it's just crazy, like, what a small industry and world it is, how great partnerships can be. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's extremely helpful for their clients as well to have you guys there and have a reliable partner. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit, we didn't talk a ton about your background, but I I, I think you mentioned earlier that you're a first-time founder and CEO. Yes, yes. So, so let's talk a little bit about just 
challenges is scaling as a first-time founder and CEO. It's something that I, I deal with all the time, and I'm sure soon enough you and I will go grab drinks and talk, talk for a lot longer than we can fit in on this podcast. But what have been some of the challenges as a first-time founder building and scaling an extremely complicated business? So first to back up, I started out as VP of operations and then went to COO within like three to four months and then CEO just as of September of this past year. I was pretty much operating as such because we that position wasn't filled. But finally, it was like, hey, I can't be CEO and COO. It's kind of a, a little bit. So let's make this official. So that's been sort of my trajectory with the company role wise. And I've got to say, just to, to mention this as an aside, I think a lot of those things would have happened faster, but I was building the confidence within myself that I should have had from day one, but grew moment over time. But I mean, I would say the biggest challenge in general, I, everyone's going to probably nod their head at this, but it's navigating regulatory compliance, right? Like logistics and transportation companies are not new. It's adding that regulatory compliant level on top of it. So what your typical logistics company experiences for overhead and costs and things like that, you might as well double it for us. So that's one thing. I think the, the other biggest challenge I found over the years is insurance. Cannabis insurance is brutal, as we all know, but the biggest piece that a lot of folks don't realize is that cannabis in transit is a whole nother ball game in the insurance world. So I have done all the research, bounced around for many different policies, finding the right fit. And finally today, I feel like we're at that place, but needing an insurance plan to scale with me was the challenge, right? Every month I was needing to increase my limits, increase my limits. And at a certain point was running into roadblocks. So that was a, a nightmare to say the least, but I'd say, I mean, the biggest thing for me is being, being there from the beginning changes hard, but also good. And I think my hardest thing for me personally was letting go. There was a point in 2018 where I was everything from HR to taking out the trash to training drivers to, to training finance people to everything, which was stressful and intense and 120 hour weeks and you name it. But I loved it because I thrive on that kind of thing. But then as you grow and you hire more staff, it's it's stepping back, right? And trusting people and that you hired the right person to take to take the lead from there. And so I, I do have a good sense of FOMO. Every once in a while, I pop into some of our like ops check-ins every week and different things because I just miss being a part of them. But so I think that's that's the biggest thing. And then we hit the pandemic about being two years into being open. And I'm lucky that I had some really great investors that were willing to help us get through that. I mean, we lost 50% of our business in Massachusetts when adult use was considered not essential. And so that was a whole nother challenge as a founder that I think none of us prepared for, but has made me stronger for it. It's the cannabis industry. Every day is a challenge. Every day we have to pivot and change. Then you had the pandemic on top of it. And I feel like I'm bulletproof at this point, like bring it. I, you know, give Completely. me the <laughs> bring it. I love that. Yeah, bring it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it like the adding adding COVID on top of cannabis and the just how hard operating cannabis business is was 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 certainly a challenge for everybody. And I thought that was a great point that you just made about letting go. Actually, one thing that Claire Maloney from Leaflink brought up on an earlier episode was an article she read called "Letting Go of Your Legos," talking about how you know founders and early employees are you know constantly should be working themselves out of a job if the company's scaling and going in the right direction, but. Again, I think it's so much easier said than done. But from everything that uh, that we're hearing here, it sounds like you've done a great job at this and you guys are scaling scaling really nicely. Last question for you is for people that are out there that maybe just landed a new job in cannabis and it's, you know, it's their you know, first first week or first month. What kind of advice would you give for them to be successful in this industry and and you know, you, you've certainly been very successful. So so what kind of advice would you give to people? 
I think first and foremost, I say this to folks all the time, you know, just because it's cannabis doesn't mean you don't have the skills and you're not already worthy. Whatever it is that your area of expertise is, it's going to apply here and it's going to translate. So if the anxiety is about it's the cannabis industry, it's so new, I don't know anything, take that off the table completely and know that you can learn all the things you need to know can about cannabis specific things, but you, you have value, you have the knowledge, you have the skills already, it's translating that into this industry. The second advice I give every Every single person under the sun is read the regulations. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's a lot of legal jargon, but particularly if you're trying to work in, in companies that are actually are licensed, right, by each state by state. If you're sitting in an interview with somebody who's never been in cannabis before and you read the regs and at least have a basic understanding of how you believe that company needs to operate from a compliant manner and the other person in that interview has not, it's going to set yourself apart 100%. So if you can understand just like compliance and the regulatory environment and how important that is and know that you already have the skills to just do the job that you probably thought you're applying to in the first place, right, that you could do, you got this. You got this. So I think come one, come all. We need you. We need everyone everyone with all the brilliance and skills in this industry know that you've got it and we can teach you and you can learn the specifics that you need to get there. Come one, come all. I love that. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a, and I, you know, we like to say like, we, I think we, we say it every week on this podcast, the industry is, is as small today as it will ever be. So there's tons of opportunities. Just look at, I mean, Abby started a business completely from scratch and now is one of the leaders on the East coast and, 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 you know, it, there's, if you're willing to work hard and roll up your sleeves and get in there and solve true problems for customers, there's so many opportunities for entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are, I find in this industry, very excited to help each other um, uh, to, to build the industry. So, Abby, it was amazing having you on the show today. Congratulations on everything you're doing and building. I can't wait to meet up in real life soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And please, everybody listening, feel free to check us out, Plymouth Armor Group, or on all the social medias. Check out our website. And particularly, if you're interested in working for us, the careers page on our website will take you right to our application. Thank you so much, Carson. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.